My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Okay, I'll go live in the store if y'all are ready. Not, not quite ready. Did you not listen to last week's? Get yours away from me. I actually have a caramel latte hazelnut. Of course you do. What's the word? Personable or personal? (laughs) You're just mad because mine was way more popular. That's another reason they had the windows out, to get the crowd... Uh, to laugh at all your dumb jokes. You don't like my gift? Is it a gift? Yes, it's for you. That's for me? Yes, you can have this. The phone? No, that phone's the mine. Cl- <laughs> Damn it. I'm right. the new owner of a clamper. That's your phone. Is it weird because it's my phone? Yeah, I don't touch another guy's phone. All right, man, let's, do it. let's hit it. Feature song for today's Dale Jr. download, Honesty by The Dangerous Summer, courtesy of Hopeless Records. It's a good song. It is a good song. So, I'm Dale Jr., and we're here again for another installment of the Dale Jr. download. Without me this week, or without us, or without him, is Tyler Overstreet. We're without him. Yeah. Uh, My guest host, co-host, is going to be Mike Davis. What's up? So, we'll see how this goes. I've got more episodes in this... uh in this show than you do. I know. So I'm kind of excited to do this with you because this has been, you're the kind of the patriarch. Is that what I am? Of the Dale Jr. Download. The way I see it is, this is sort of like the new Dukes versus old Dukes, but only if (laughs) Coy and Vance Duke had first let off the Dukes of Hazard and then the good ones came in later. nothing like that. So I feel like me and Taylor were Coy and Vance and then you and Tyler are Bo and Luke. Really? Yeah. And this is sort of like a reunion special where the cousins get together like a family reunion. I got you. All right. <laughs> well, I'm excited about this show. Me and you've been talking about it. Tyler is, uh, I don't know where Tyler is. There must be some WrestleMania stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you where he is. He's here. He's taking vacation and not going anywhere. He's, he puts an Instagram picture up yesterday from like the old Mecklenburg Brewery. And then I find out that he was here at the office yesterday. He told somebody to leave something for him. He came by, didn't even say hi. What do you think about that? You're surprised. I'm not, I, I'm, I don't find this very surprising. I was trying to rack my brain on where I thought Tyler might go taking vacation, so that makes total sense to me that he went was, no, that he didn't go anywhere. Was the old Mecklenburg Brewery one of your options there? He's done it. He's <laughs> vacationing in Mecklenburg County, as people do. <laughs> one of the uh, underrated vacation spots. Yeah, well, he does love a good brewery. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so it's, that's good. Yeah. It, so we'll uh, we're gonna do the show in his absence, but uh, we got a lot to talk about. So let's get to it. Uh, one of the big deals uh, about this particular race weekend was repave. Mm. Uh, this is like the second repave in two years, and there was a lot of great conversation going on about that. We had uh, drivers, myself included, very opinionated about where to use this tire dragon that they have. They have this tire dragon that puts rubber down on the racetrack. You can see a big difference. You can see exactly where it's putting the rubber down by watching the race on TV. 
you can see where this tire dragon has ran and used and, and been used. The drivers had a lot of opinions about where it should be uh, used the most. And <clears throat> the tracks have their own opinion. And so what the drivers, I can't speak for all of them, but what the drivers think is don't work in the groove that we will typically run. Let the drivers do that. Let the cars are going to do that naturally. So don't waste any time putting rubber down in where you assume the groove will be. So the cars are going to gravitate toward that anyways. you got the truck series, Xfinity series, and the cup series running all in the same weekend. You're going to have plenty of you know guys running in the groove putting rubber down. So don't don't do that, right? And I, I like to think about it like uh, we used to have go-kart races over at the house. We had a dirt track, right? We had it, all these go-karts, and I'd invite the, the guys over for a whole day of, of go-kart fun. Well, uh, we had this pickup truck that had race tires on it. So when we'd wet the track, we'd take this truck and ride it around the track real slow and pack the rub, pack the pack the mud in or pack the track and get the track more suitable for the carts because they couldn't go out there and run on a soaking wet track. They just wouldn't go anywhere. Mud would be going everywhere. <clears throat> and they literally make ruts in the tracks. So anyways, you had to go pack the track with this truck, right? And wherever you pack the track is where the carts would run. So if I packed the track from the bottom all the way to the top, all the guys would run the shortest distance immediately, right? They go mm -hmm. right to the bottom. Right. And we'd spend, if you're going to race go-karts from 6 o'clock in, in the evening to midnight, the race is going to start on the bottom, and it'll be on the bottom at the end of the night. It's the same track all day long. And it's not very fun. Not a lot of passing. The top isn't, isn't an option. The best days that we, or the best races that we had were when we only packed the very top groove in. Because... Over, not over, so the racing begins at the very top of the track at the start of the day, right? It's the only place that's packed in. If you rent, went down into the, into the mud, uh, you, you spun out or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or you're real slow. So <clears throat> what, what happens as guys are trying to pass each other is they slowly work that groove down. And by the end of the night, it's from the top to the bottom, just like any other dirt track. So... I think a lot of the drivers had the opinion, opinion that if they'd want multiple grooves, if they want an option to run side-by-side side in the corner, work in only the outside groove because we're not going to practice there. We're the not, longest way around the track is yeah. what you're saying. Pack in parity. Pack in, yeah. <laughs> Give us an, pack, go ahead and work in an outside groove only and, and have that ready right off the bat. <clears throat> Chances are we may go out there and practice and run in that groove and then work the groove down ourselves. So that's kind of where the drivers uh, were going with their opinions about how to work in the track, or maybe if you want to try to create, you know, if you've got you to repave, there's no groove, there's no defined groove just yet. Um, so if you don't do anything, you're only going to have one groove worked in by the end of the weekend, and that's where all the drivers are going to run. Now, if you use a tire dragon and you want to try to create an opportunity to make a multiple groove, work on the second option, not the not the groove that's going to get worked in anyways. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I do, but I got some layman's questions here. First and foremost, when did they repave? When did they repave and what does a repave actually do? It's, it's a brand new track and therefore what does it drive like? A brand new, yeah, I mean they repaved this track, I don't know exactly when, but before this race, we hadn't been on the track. The track had, uh, they did have a test there. Uh, with the that's right with the wheel force cars, and Alex Bowman did that test. He said it was super treacherous because there was no rubber on the track, and so the cars will go out there and run, and they'll run they'll run in a very narrow single groove, and that's where you have to run so you don't get in trouble, so you don't wreck. Yeah, right. right. 
and so that keeps that you're really in a box with no options. You got to okay. go in that groove, which means there's not going to be much passing. Zero passing. Right. Nobody wants to you're be just, side by side going in the corner. Right. They, you're, you're just wanted, trying to keep it on. Somebody's wheels. screwed. Right. So the op- the idea of getting the tire dragon in there is a way to work in a second groove. And don't worry about the primary groove. The cars are naturally going to make that groove or create that groove. So don't work that groove in. Work in the grooves that you want to be there. To encourage passing. Yes. From from my stance, it just looked like drivers were complaining again. Yeah. And that's what <laughs> and and that's kind of the 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 stance that uh that the track owners took. There was an article uh, where one of the um, <clears throat> I've got it here. You got yeah. that information. So. Steve Swift, the VP of Operations for SMI, said, "I think we know what we're doing." And I'm like, "What is he responding to?" And then I go kind of follow the trail, and there you are <laughs> in the trail. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, great! Here we go." All right, so explain what you guys did to to prompt that. That yeah, we were all we all said, "Why in the hell would you work the tire dragging in in the groove that we're going to run? Work it in, and if you're wanting to create opportunities to pass, work in other grooves." Yeah. That we're not going to practice. No one's going to go practice in an alternative groove. They're going to. Everybody's going to practice in the primary groove, the one that's going to be the fastest. But if you want to promote passing, uh, use the tire dragon to to create a second or third groove even. And uh, his response to that was, "We know what we're doing. You guys, you know." Or he had a couple of different. He sort of covered covered all the bases. He said, "We're taking advice from the drivers from the past." We're taking, we're doing what's worked before, and we know what we're doing. And he said, so on a new track, you have to put rubber down in what is the groove, not what you want the groove to be. That must be the part where you disagree. Yeah. I mean, he thinks that, in, in if I'm reading his statement correctly, he thinks that if we go around the tire dragon around the wall, that that's where we're going to race. Not true. Right. We're going to find and establish the the optimum groove yeah. on any track, whether it's been we've done that before the tire dragon, and our argument is that if you want side by side racing, which is what the fans want, the drivers want it. I want to be able to go into the corner on the outside of somebody and not have to give up the spot because there's no second groove. I want to be able to race a guy into the corner, so work the tire dragon into the second groove to give me that opportunity. That makes sense. So did you guys have any follow-up conversation? I'm curious because, you know, he said what he said in the articles. Yeah. You and Denny started making a little bit of jokes on Twitter. We just thought it was funny. Yeah. I went into his timeline on his social media to find, you know, a little bit about this guy. It's 99% uh, inspirational quotes. That explains your tweet. Yeah. I had no idea what it meant. I said you tweeted he, something like. I he, said, this guy's going to uh, send the second groove an inspirational quote. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Before the race. And now it makes sense. Everything's going to be great. And, in fact, now it's even more uncomfortable than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm glad you offered some explanation because. It sounded I, it, like all we were doing was well, complaining. I mean, come on. No, no, no. It's, look, it, this is, it's sort of like the, um, you know when the Dixie Chicks kept complaining about stuff and people just said shut up and sing yeah <laughs> sort of sort like, like that, that. Okay. <laughs> well i think that the drivers feel that the drivers that that's probably why the drivers weren't louder or why we just we i think the reason why we took the joke angle on social media was because we know okay that that's going to be the response what do y'all call what do y'all complain about just race that's so right. we go, you know, all right, man, this guy's obviously doesn't have the same opinion as us. We don't think very much of his opinion. 
it is what it is. Here we are on Friday, or, or whatever day it was. We're going to race Saturday. There's nothing we can do about it. It's too late in the game. They did end up putting a little bit of work on the second groove. Okay. And I think that was in response to the driver's complaints. And it gave us the opportunity to go into the corner and race. And the restarts were better for the outside line. You had a little bit of an opportunity to kind of hang on to your spot. And you weren't just trained by the guys on the inside. Did the Xfinity race before the cup race not help that too? Of course. Okay, so yeah. are you saying what they did But extra? if you watch the Xfinity race, they ran the bottom. Everybody ran the bottom. Okay, yeah. So why focus on that with the tire monster, the tire dragon? Work in – try to create the second groove. Man. I got you. I'm following. I'm tracking with that. Jeez. Yeah. So then explain to me then what Brad Kozlowski got so – uh, vocal about because After the race yeah because whatever you and denny did you didn't go all kozlowski no we didn't thank we didn't you take, we didn't take the route that nascar needs to build a brand new race car <laughs> <laughs> i thought you know if if, if i'd have known brad was going to go that that crazy after the race, I would have probably been a little more vocal on social media because anything i had said on friday was going to be quickly forgotten that's right right um, yeah so give us a little bit of Brad's comments. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking at it here. Brad said uh, he, he went after the car. The way this car is, it needs a lot more help than a tire dragon. Uh, it is a poorly designed race car, and it makes racing on tracks like this very difficult to put on the show we want to put on for our fans. But to clarify, Brad said this right after he had a wreck. Yeah. Okay. We all know that drivers aren't in their most you know, rightful mind after a wreck or even just after getting out of a race car when it's hot, especially in the summer. Yeah. Nobody is. You can't expect people to be, which is why it's great to interview you guys after, after the race because you're not thinking straight. That being said, he then comes back on Twitter later and clarifies that, look, that was just a combination of being frustrated, which I totally agree with, and also that he's passionate about the, the sport, which I also agree with that. So, so you don't think there's any... Like he, he, you don't think there's any truth to his opinion, or that he believe. You don't think there's any truth that he believes what he said. No, I absolutely think he believes what he said. Right, and I'm not even saying. Well, listen, I don't. I'm not even educated enough to know if he's accurate or not. Yeah. I kind of like the way the cars look, but I don't drive them. But I don't think the, that Brad has a problem with how the cars look. But I think I got gotcha. you. And I would, I would have liked to heard Brad maybe uh, clarify and get a little more specific about exactly what you know he doesn't like about the cars i know that i have opinions about the cars i hate the splitter it's all you do you've splitter, always said that in my opinion um the splitter came with the wing that was an strictly an attempt to well they they did put they did want to limit travel with the splitter because what we had been doing with our previous race cars was traveling them so much that the fenders were laying on top of the tires and guys were blowing out tires because the fender strap That's would right. tear the top of the tire off so, or wear into the tire, wear a groove in the tire. I'd come into the pit sometimes and see a groove in my tire and be like, Tony Jr., you know, what the hell? <laughs> get this thing get this thing off the ground a little bit so I don't blow the right front tire out. Because, I mean, it's you're literally playing with fire. So I understand that the splitter was a little bit there for limiting travel. But I always thought that the, the wing and the splitter was a, a, like a, a desperate attempt to sort of grasp at, the the younger demographic that are you know this uh this tune and and you know this these guys these kids that are putting all these wings and and splitters all over you the see cars. them coming out of nascar tech every day right. at lunch right. yeah okay so if you go to nascar tech and watch the kids leave half yeah. of them got they all got, wings on they got cars. wings yeah they Lots got those big spoilers or wings right and they'll be wing on anything they'll put a wing on whatever <laughs> car if they can get a wing on it 
So I think, you know, this was, and NASCAR finally gave up on it, gave up on the wing at least, and went back to the old spoiler that had worked so well for the last 75 years. Um, but they will not give up on the splitter. I don't know what it is about this damn splitter, but I've never liked it. I don't like driving a car with it on there. I don't like driving a car that's sliding across the racetrack on the splitter. It just not It's not fun. And what the splitter does is it makes every car and every, every team live in the same place. We all set our cars up to run right on top of the ground with that splitter. So what it does is it equalizes the field because we all run the same travel. We all set our cars up to... With, pretty much with the same wheel rates in the front end to run to run right across the top of the ground with that splitter. So all the cars really get very – that's why the cars, I think, are, are, are so similar in speed. Like from 1st to 25th, it's not, there's not a lot of speed uh, disparity there. Okay. And so that, 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 that's not conducive to passing. Uh, when, we had this, when you had the, the valence, valence that, you could, that was grinding off or not grinding off, depending on how, your car, how you had the car set up, Guys were living in a much bigger window as far as front travel and setup. So, um, you know, you might you, you'd have two inches or or so difference in travel between one guy and another guy, uh, and that would that would have the cars running differently, okay, and handling differently. With the splitter, everybody er, with the splitter, everybody goes to the splitter and stops and stays there. Every car, so every car is the exact same in the corner. And so all the cars are going to run similar speeds. Can I ask you a question, yeah. though, that uh, doesn't really have to do with the, uh, the way the overall cars perform, but, it's, but something you were saying on the radio. Were you saying and reporting back to Greg that your splitter was off the ground too much? The reason I recognize that is because usually that's not what the complaint is. The complaint is usually that it's on, on the, the ground. ground. Yeah. But it sounded like you were saying like it was like three or four inches well, too high. I, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a huge fail if your splitter's not on the ground. Everybody right. wants to be right on the ground. That's where your the best aerodynamics are going to be found. So if, you're, if you go out on the racetrack and you miss that setup and your splitter doesn't travel to the ground, you're, you're going to be much slower and the car's not going to drive as well. So he can see that in pictures. There's all, we have pictures. There's a guy designated to take pictures of all the cars going around the track, and they, they're sent to the notebook of the engineer. So we can look at pictures of our car in the corner at several different positions in the corner. This guy's literally just taking pictures of cars as they go around the corner. Lap after lap after lap after lap. Every car. So we can see. <laughs> yeah. So we oh, can look man. at pictures of every car and see where they are in travel. Not just the front splitter, but the side skirts and everything, and it gives you an idea maybe of what the guys are doing for rear springs, how they're you know some there's a difference in the rear heights that you can run the car that can be better or worse um, for downforce and so forth and pitching the car. I mean, there's all kinds of but so if he's looking at them pictures and he sees the splitter's not on the ground, that's a huge red flag. We got to get that splitter down. You know what I'd do? I'd delete everybody's picture except Truex's, maybe <laughs> Kyle Larson's. <laughs> that's a good point. And then I'd blow it up. I'd make a mural of it. Yeah. I mean. You'd make a good third engineer. I feel yeah. like I could. So Truex dominates the race. You want to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> this crawls under me. Fans were talking about how, uh, I guess some fans on social media were talking about how they didn't like the domination, right? Right. And they need, you know, they were like, oh, they got to look at Truex's car. There's no way. You're, this just ain't, you know, something ain't right. No way that car passes tech. I, you know, I, I don't know whether that's coming from the fact that Truex has been running really, really good for quite a while now, 
very strong. He seems to be one of the fastest guys at every race. So people are you're saying may He's start saying, to yeah, get annoyed by okay. it. Or do people just not like when a guy jumps out and gets a 6 to 15 second lead and the race is kind of, you know, there's not much of a race for the lead. You know, I, I hope that's not what people are bugged out about, the fact that somebody just dominated. Because back in the 80s and 90s when everybody said, oh, the racing in the 80s is so awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Bill Elliott would, would you couldn't even touch him at some of these racetracks. You couldn't, it was no competition. Um, you know, Dad would dominate races. Even in the 70s, Petty and Pearson and all those guys, I mean, they're, they're literally the only guys left on the lead lap at the end of the race. People love the sport back then, but don't seem to like it when it happens today. Um, and it's rare that a tar- it's more rare today to see a guy really dominate a race. I mean, the yeah. cars are so evenly matched. So when a guy goes out and does that, to me, it's incredibly impressive. He did the same thing at Dover last year. Almost lapped the field. He lapped up to like sixth place, and they threw a yellow. They have a competition caution. Sometimes they 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 call out of nowhere in the late late starts or the late stages of the race. And and, and, and y'all made that joke on the radio. Yeah, that's actually. another joke. <laughs> yeah, so I, it was noted. <laughs> yeah, I was walking out of the drivers' meeting, and I, I won't say who, but a driver comes up to me and goes, "There's a competition caution at lap 30, and sometime around lap 250." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny, but I won't throw him under the bus. Was his name rhymed with like Rekolowski? No, it, not it rhymes with Schumann. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we don't want to say who it we're is. Not say who it is. Thank you. Yeah, but I really, um, <laughs> especially in today's environment, with the way the teams are so, you know, the cars are so similar, and the, and and there's really not a lot of things you can do to gain advantage. I find it really impressive to see what Truex is capable of doing. Uh, last Saturday night. Yeah, you don't want to see that every single week. That's not great for any 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 sport to have a team dominating week after week after week to make things too predictable. But when that happens, you have to kind of appreciate that. That's that's what that, I mean, racing is racing. You drop the green flag, whatever happens happens and and then there's a checker flag and it's over. Um I don't really have a you know, I don't want to see that every single week, but when it happens, especially in this environment, I think it's pretty impressive. Well, listen, we're talking about fans. I mean, we've got fans in here. Who did not like the fact that Martin Truex dominated the race this week? Show of hands. Anybody? Not one hand. Not one. So who then appreciated uh, the domination that Truex did? Okay. Here's my other question, and this is a point that I like to make. Does it depend who is doing the dominating on whether you like whether the fact it was a domination? Absolutely, everybody's shaking their head. I have said this on the Dale Jr. download ever since we started. Who is doing the domination absolutely shapes whether or not you like the domination, and therefore people will change their opinion on this every week. If Kyle Busch had left the field, everybody in here would have a problem with it. I say everybody in this building right now. I, 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 I feel safe in saying that. Uh, if you lap the field, everybody loves domination, don't we? I mean, so I just say, like, who? Let's just call it. We're fans. I think you're right. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that. I guess I don't think that this is a bad thing. Whether we, whether you check the box of I like domination or I didn't like domination this week, I think it's. I think what happened this weekend, and what Trex did is healthy. Did you just spill chalk or no, co- coffee all over your? <laughs> just notes? a little bit. He's still rusty, folks. No, I did this in my prime. Okay. This reminds me of 
back in 81, 82, when Darrell Waltrip was winning every race in the Mountain Dew car. He drove for uh, Junior Johnson in this Buick. You couldn't beat him. They won a championship two years in a row. I've never, I've never been to a race since where a guy was steadily booed. He was booed probably more than Kyle Busch's. Really? Booed. Yes. It was a one. It was pretty much, you know, ninety percent of the fans were hoping to not see another Dale Dare Waltrip domination victory. So uh, we would go to, yeah, I mean, we'd go to the racetrack and Daryl would come by uh, on the pace laps and the whole place booed him. Mm. Uh, and it was only because they won every week and he was so hard to beat. And then once that changed and once that kind of went away, um, there wasn't another driver that I can really remember that the fans treated that way, but there wasn't really another driver outside of my father that, that, that dominated you know there was a little bit of a window where bill dominated uh the fans were really at a, in all of that more than anything because there were so many passionate ford fans that that love to see that that thunderbird go what um, about jeff gordon <clears throat> you know jeff gordon wasn't unbeatable they won a lot of races but he always in every year that he was winning his championship he had a anti jeff gordon competing against him he had a guy Right on his back, right, you know, okay. on his heels. It wasn't. It wasn't domination. It wasn't domination. He just happened to end up winning them all. You would. I, you, you. I don't want to say it was domination because he was. They were freaking awesome. They won what thirteen races one year or something. Yeah. But uh, he always had guys close enough to make it a race, even for the points or what have you. Um, and and that was the way it was with Dad too. A lot of times it looked like maybe Dad was winning races he shouldn't be winning with a car that wasn't capable of winning and. It was a little more – there was a blue-collar aspect to it, and um, I don't really know what it was that kept people from booing Dad when he was having so much success other than the fact that, you know, he just – it looked like he worked hard to make it happen. Yeah. People kind of appreciated the process of how he won races. Um, did you think that uh, Martin was screwed on those old tires for that last restart? Yeah. I did too, and he drove away from them. Yeah. We were talking about this in the, in the airplane after uh, – I was like, why in the hell would you throw the yellow with a half a lap to go to, the, to the white? Like, why, like what, does it, what, the, what purpose does it serve when Martin's has, Martin has a 13-second lead? Yeah. Uh, he's half a lap from the white. Mm -hmm. What was going on that we needed to throw a caution to where we couldn't complete another lap and a half? Wasn't Kurt Busch blowing up? Well, they said Kurt Busch, he broke a rear end gear. It happened down the front straightaway. He got to the apron in turn one they never put any speedy dry in either corner um they put a little speedy dry down the front straightaway and some on the apron in three and four but you don't know that it's not going to be needed when you yeah. throw a caution yeah it might be needed so i was sitting there i'm not seeing this i'm not i'm in the race car i'm not seeing kurt bush on and, fire or whatever the hell happened and your windshield's half loose so it's uh there's a that's another <laughs> anyways go ahead keep going so i was like why <laughs> the guy's got a 13 second lead why in the hell would you throw a yellow when there's only a lap there's only what two miles to complete the race this this race has been going on for three hours um but tj and and amy and everybody said that kurt bush was had like fire coming out and pretty dramatic it was yeah, yeah. So, so like at first tj said i don't know why they're throwing the caution i don't know why and so that basically that teed up. up the joke that's exactly right that's when we heard competition caution yeah <laughs> which i laughed <laughs> but as soon as they showed kurt bush i mean like it wasn't yeah. like it 
it wasn't in question in my opinion. It was it was needed. A, a caution was needed. Okay. I, we were running 12th, right? Or, no, we came down pit road, I think. Yeah, we came down pit road and got four tires. A couple guys in front of us right. got two tires. And I'm like, God darn, you know, maybe we should have got two. Or or staying out's not good. You don't want to be like 8th, ninth, 10th on all tires. Mm-hmm. You know, in that traffic, it's just not going to be good. Um, but we, I like the call we made after, after the fact because my car had tons of grip and we were – I was able to be aggressive on that restart, which I want to be. So TV showed, like, literally the screws and bolts coming out of the windshield. Really? Yeah. Did that affect anything? I mean, I would assume it would. <laughs> well, the windshield was but going crazy down the straightaway, especially in you traffic. You made a comment about yeah. that. Yeah. When I, was by, when I would get some distance between me and other cars, it would calm down a little bit. But when you, were, when you had about four or five cars in front of you, it was just moving uh, back and forth like four or five inches. A big, big, you know, big throw of movement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you couldn't see, you couldn't look around down into the corner. If you're going down the front straightaway, you know, you tend to kind of look way on around the corner, um, because, you know, thinking about where you want to position the car in the corner and that, that wasn't an option. That would thing that was just, it wasn't, it's the way you reply to that. It makes it seem like you did not know that the screws and bolts came out. No, I can't see screws and bolts. You don't have slow motion in there. Where were these screws? And, where I, the ones on the outside I, no, no, of the car I'm that kidding. are? Yeah, they came out. Yeah, if, how am I if, supposed if, to see if, them? If, I'm halfway joking, but I would have expected some sort of different behavior by your windshield without the screws or bolts. There was a lot of different behavior, but it happened after you complained about the windshield. So basically, it was already doing some stuff. Maybe there were other screws that came out. Maybe, but but they caught two: one on the left, one on the right. <laughs> And uh, I was like, man, my man don't have a windshield in there. He's about to go I modified really, on him. Uh, I was pretty nervous at one point. <laughs> the windshield was moving so much in traffic that I thought it was going to come out of the car. Boy, that speaks to the turbulence sure, going on yeah, in there. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I um, you know, we made, we made it through. And you get to run at Loudon this weekend. Like, like We couldn't say that last year. This was your That's last right. race. That's right. Yeah. So we made it through, and we're still racing. Yeah, and we feel great. And we feel great. <laughs> That's real good. That's what I thought about Like every time people are like, hey, man, this was your last race last year. And that makes me think, yeah, I remember how sick I was and how bad I felt and how happy I was. It makes me thankful to feel as good as I do today. I'm looking forward to New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, It's been a good track for us. There's been some communication. I know. we got to talk about this, right? There's been some track uh, adjustments made. It's actually fact now. It's because uh, I, I read a story about it that mm-hmm. they are putting GHT. Is that what it is? Track. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was VHT or is VTH. It? Hold on, let me get, let me let me pull it up here. <laughs> I want to get the letters right. I don't want to get the letters. It's wrong. sticky stuff. Yeah, basically the same thing, right? Why yeah. are they doing that to Loudon? I don't know. So, you know, the only thing I can think of is that they're trying to produce a you know produce a second groove or an outside groove or maybe side by side racing in the corner. Just depends on where where they're spraying this stuff. Uh, what I read in the article is oh no, they, it's it, it's not GH. New Hampshire Motor Speedway will add the traction agent PJ one. Oh my gosh! To all <laughs> PJ one, who's heard of that? Uh-oh. Anybody? All right, to all four turns this week ahead of its NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series races, the agent will be applied in the middle lane up to the wall. So that's a that makes me wonder, like, what is their middle lane? Because we run in the middle lane already. There's a lower groove that nobody runs on. Get this. What? Of course, all roads lead back to Dale Jr. 
As I read this story, the possibility of adding the agent was first mentioned by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Sunday morning on Periscope. Quote, I heard they put some of the sticky stuff down on the racetrack, Earnhardt said. <laughs> He's shaking his head Have off. you not read this? We can't figure out exactly where they put it. The rumor is they put it in the middle groove, but if you go to, the New, Ham- go to New Hampshire and you look at the racetrack, you could ask 10 people what the middle groove is, and five get different opinions on that. Everybody's spraying this stuff everywhere, man. <laughs> I don't even know. It was an incredible success anytime we've used it, so I don't know why everybody's so damn spray happy. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Dale Jr. in the news today. asked over the weekend there must have been a moment this is going to include you guys you fans out there okay let's do that at what age should a man this comes straight from dale over the weekend he sends this to me at what age should a man have to quit asking for selfies and actually use the camera the normal way so this happened i was walking through the garage area and i'm 42 yeah and there's probably about a uh i don't know maybe if the guy might have been 40 or 50 years old um hollering at me in the in the in in this big environment a lot of people he's hollering at me probably 20 yards away going dale can i get a selfie and i'm thinking man it's just weird to hear that from another man um (laughs) and so i was thinking i was saying to myself i don't you know do i have, have i ever shouted get shouted hey can i have a selfie to another man (laughs) <laughs> and I always think to myself, you know, I don't do. Th- I I actually hand the camera to somebody and say, "Hey, can you take a picture of me with this person that I want a picture with?" Right. And so, I think that there's there's a time, there's an age. Now, I think women are on the selfie train for life. For life. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Um, there's never a bad time for a woman to ask for a selfie, or there's never an age limit or anything like that. I think women can selfie all day long. Okay. Uh, but I think it, and they usually do. I think there's a certain age where a man should should decide to no longer do selfies, and just to, if you want a picture, actually take the take the picture like you would typically take the picture before the the selfie. What if the man doesn't have somebody to take the picture? Well, then <clears throat> should he just not ask for? No, a picture? then I think that it's my responsibility to take the selfie. Really, with his camera. Yeah, that for me is less uncomfortable than him taking it. You holding another man's camera? I know that's weird for you. It is. I can't get past that. You don't know where. You, you know, in that the number one way to transmit germs is through the phone. Cell phones are touch pretty that. nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. all right. So you say it's better just for you to take. The I think for from it. a. For, I think from a 30, 35, 40, 45 year old man to another, you know, forty five year old man, it's just a. Let's just do a normal picture. You know why you just made this awkward? Because somewhere in this audience, somebody was going to take a, a selfie, and, and and now they're, they're trying to figure out if they're going to go through with it or not. They're all looking at their buddy going, man, will you take a picture? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody's going to make new friends out here because you're going to need to take a picture with him. I didn't want to, you know, I, I was wondering about that question, whether that would ins- uh, you know, offend anybody or insult anybody. But I just, and Amy chimed in yeah during this conversation that I was having, I actually came back to the bus and asked her i said i had a third I had about a fifty year old man ask me for a selfie. It kind of made me feel weird, and how do you feel about that amy and she said yeah i don't you know I think at a certain age a man shouldn't shouldn't ask for a selfie shouldn't be a man should just no longer be doing selfies 
and we just heard, we determined that you could, and this goes a little further, but you could, if if it's family, it's okay. Like if you're a family reunion, and you want a selfie with your uncle, that's not as weird. But Amy says no more rabbit ears after you finish your high school education. I I think that should stop before that. Actually, yeah. I don't like the rabbit ears. That, that I, I hate it. Yeah, I have a great story about that. So, and I know why. I think this is where Amy was coming from. Uh, a couple years ago, we were on pit road before the race at Charlotte, and this guy comes up and he goes, "I really want a picture. I've been, you know, look trying to get a picture with you for like five or ten years." And he's he Amy's standing there, and he hands the phone to Amy and says, "Will you mind taking our, my picture?" And I was like, oh, "Sure." I this. And so the guy stand. We get ready to take the picture, and right as she's getting ready to mash the button, he gave me rabbit ears. Yes, I remember. That. She <laughs> she she takes the picture and hands the camera back to the guy and goes, "Really." Like your 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 one option your one time to take this picture you finally here and you want to use rabbit ears, on Dale and she was pissed at yeah. this guy yeah and so that really I think that's stuck in stuck under her skin for a while I'm I don't yeah I'm not much I've never I can't remember the last time I've done rabbit ears but I think it's a it's a kid thing it's like uh you know you want to be a goofball kid well that. I, yeah, I, I even think kids need to find a, a better way to photobomb a a, fo- a, yeah. a picture. That that's not very funny. I don't. Know, I just think it's unfunny. But that is, we all laughed when you said that they did it to you, though. Yeah, I just realized that. I has there was some, <laughs> somewhere in the last week somebody did it to me. Really? Oh, I remember. Yes, we were at the th- we were at the Nationwide Children's Hospital. Oh no! Yeah, a kid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I took a I took a picture with all the kids in this activity room, and one of them gave me rabbit ears. <laughs> the kid, you you were there with your team making an appearance. Yeah. All the good vibes. Yeah. They threw the bunny ears on you. This is going to be the Ask Junior segment. We've got Natalie Sather in. What's up, Natalie? Speed Sather. I'm sorry, Speed (laughs) Sather. Speed Sather is here. Natalie Speed Sather is going to ask some Ask Junior questions. We're also going to take some questions from Jordan Luku here on the uh, uh, that's manning the Periscope. What's up, Jordan? And let's get right to it, Natalie. Go right ahead. So I'll start with um, some from Twitter. A friend of Dirty Mo Radio's. Billy Bradley asks, repaved tracks have not been so racy. Texas, Kentucky, do you think this has opened eyes to other tracks to not repave? Yeah, absolutely. I think that Atlanta has been contemplating repaving their racetrack and and actually have held off for a year at least. Uh, Maybe not, you know, maybe not a couple more before they have to repave. There'll be a time in uh, uh, in every track's existence where there's there can no longer hold off on repaving because of the tracks uh, surface deteriorating so badly but and atlanta's close but they're trying to get as many more races out of their surface as they can mm-hmm. before they have to repave and they know when they repave that it's going to uh you know create a challenging situation for for the product but i think a lot of tracks definitely are taking notice and trying to figure out ways to prolong the uh, the life of their tracks their surface Alrighty, I'm gonna slaughter this. Um, Imelda Pedrosa, 88. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. I think you did a pretty good <laughs> job on that one. Asks, how do you decide what wrecked cars go into your graveyard? Do other drivers requ- request their cars to be put in there? Just wondering. Do other drivers wreck their cars just so they can go into? Of course they do. <laughs> Basically, uh, um, we just did idle. 
and we'll get a text from either a driver, crew chief, or owner that says, hey, do you want this car? Um, we don't call up guys or actively seek out uh, cars to put into the to the graveyard. I don't want to call a driver on Monday and go, man, you know that wreck you had? I kind of want that car. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it's, it just happens organically or naturally uh, by them them knowing that we collect those cars. Uh, we've never paid for a car. A lot of people are, yeah, are assume that we might pay for them, which is, I thought was kind of fun. But we've never, we, no point in buying a tore-up car for no reason. It's always a surprise to me as to who calls. Uh, and sometimes these cars aren't cars that crashed last week. Uh, we got Michael McDowell's uh, Texas crash, oh. where the you know the car, f- the spring yeah. flip flew out, and the, this is back in the '55 Aaron's. Uh, oh yeah, remember that crash yeah. you had in qualifying? Oh, that was big. Yeah, yeah, long, long yeah, time yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that happened how many years ago? Eight, ten years God ago. Got Well, I that just long? got that car a year ago. Michael well, Wal- Michael Waltrip was getting rid of a bunch of stuff as he was shutting his team down. Yeah, and said, "Hey, you want this car? I got it." So I was like, "Yeah." So I mean. What could they possibly have been holding on to that thing for? It's just sitting in a box somewhere. (laughs) But so, and I've gotten, I also got, I don't know if you'll remember this, but Dennis Setzer was driving for Brad Keselowski's brother or his father in the Xfinity race at Talladega, and they had a big wreck in turn four, and this car caught on fire. It was a white 92, and uh, this car kind of bounced around, caught on fire, ripped it up pretty good. I got that car maybe a couple years after that accident. Hmm. You know how interesting the graveyard is to people? Natalie knows this. We did a 360 a couple weeks ago. Okay? JRM 360. That thing got 3 million. Is it 3 yeah. million, Natalie? Yeah. The 360 just million. of the graveyard with Sunny in it and Austin Lunsford. Yeah. Got 3 million views. I couldn't believe it. Just about the graveyard. The I graveyard. had a lot of people in the industry, a lot of guys, a lot of the drivers in the garage come up to me telling me about watching that one that they thought it was funny how they yanked the car off the truck it's hilarious yeah. it's the most redneck thing i've ever seen yeah. that's the logic in a lot of things that we do around dirty mo acres just, i think people it. are just curious to, as to what what is a race car graveyard what does that look like i've never heard of that and then i don't know whether they're underwhelmed or what when they see it but it's different yeah it's different not many people have that all just right cars in the woods <laughs> <laughs> well i missed who asked it but i like this question are you going to do any dirt racing Jeez. Um, I don't have any plans to do any dirt racing. Uh, I've never dirt raced except for a couple handful of Legends races that I did back when I was 15 or 16. We had a couple races on the dirt track that was uh, that's over in turn three at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's now paved, but I also ran a dirt race in Legends cars at the Talladega Short Track, and I also oh, ran... Oh, that would have been cool. I'm, I got some footage of that. I also uh, I did that when I was 15 or 16. I ran a match race with a couple of the cup drivers at uh, uh, in St. Louis with uh, at Kenny Schrader's dirt track that I did horribly in. Um, I do want, I do think I want, I will want to run my late model, and I've said that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you know, we'd love to keep the late model team. Not going. on dirt. It doesn't run on dirt, right. just so everybody knows. It run here locally around Hickory or Tri County or somewhere. Oh, wow. What about the late model win yeah. this past weekend? Josh Berry put it on him. That was God, great. God, what a race. Yeah. Did y'all see that? That was incredible. Yeah. If you want to take a look at that, the highlights from the, the Josh Berry's win this week, it's on my um, Twitter feed. Yeah. 
All right. So speaking of late models, Jam Junior 1966 asks, what were your favorite racetracks when you ran late models? Were you the track champion at any of those tracks? I was never the track champion. And uh, I ran second and third more often than anything else. There was a couple, there was always like this dominator type at every track we went to. And uh, a guy that you just ran, you know, would win every week. Uh, Who I, was it? <clears throat> Who comes to mind? It was either, it was the, there was three brothers, um, Robert Powell, Charlie Powell III, and Sean Graham. And they were all sons of Charlie Powell that uh, ran I-95 Speedway, and I think he still does. Um, but they, I ran at the beach and at, at Florence, South Carolina, and I ran second to Robert and Charlie, CP3 as they called him. Uh, I ran second to those guys or, you know, right behind them in the top two or three every week. Uh, they were impossible to beat. Uh, I didn't know nothing about what I was doing. I didn't understand how to save tires. I ran as hard as I could every lap and burnt my car up. Um, but even then I didn't have quite the speed those guys had. They just been, they, you know, they'd ran there, uh, at those tracks for quite a while. They had some great teams that they were working with. Um, and I learned a lot from them. You know, it reminds it reminded me of racing with Mark Martin when I got in the Xfinity series. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I was racing against guys in the late model ranks that that were that were pros, and uh, I t- I learned it was good to get their get your butt whipped by them week after week because I learned so much. <clears throat> Did you like CP3? I got along with all those guys. Uh, we I never really had any dust ups with them. Uh, but I, I certainly respected them because of, you know. They were good. They were good. Yeah. CP3, that's what they're putting down on the track at New Hampshire. Weekend, <laughs> All right. What's next? So CJ Pop 80 and Johnny Hayes both ask, will you be doing the radio show when you retire? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll have more time to spend um, even with Tyler editing the show. So in, 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 in I anticipate the, uh, the actual production of the show to – to get a ton better once I'm retired and have have the uh, opportunity to push Tyler to <laughs> to be his best. Yeah, the podcast isn't going anywhere, but it's growing. I'll put it that way. Is it way. growing? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to... There are going to be new ways to access Dirty Mo Radio, yeah. and that's what we call a teaser. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'm excited. I love doing the podcast, and I think that um I definitely want to continue doing that after driving. Alrighty, so you wore your Redskins uh, shirt today, so this is a great question for that. If the Redskins were retiring and you could only choose the Dallas Cowboys, Eagles, or Giants, who would you pick? Oh, Dallas wow. Cowboys, Eagles, or Giants. So I get to stay. If the in, Redskins retired. I get to stay in the division. <laughs> That'd be tough because I really don't like any of those teams. Right. You know, we play. <laughs> Hence those. the question, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, that's a really difficult one. I was. I would probably go over to the AFC and pull for uh, the Chargers. That's not an option. I know. I don't want to pick one of those three teams. I wouldn't. I'd just get out of football if that was the only option. <laughs> D. The option D there. Yeah. I I was uh I pulled for the Chargers because um I always liked them. They were kinda like my second team because they were blue and yellow, like um dad's Wrangler car. And the lightning bolt. It's such a cool, uh simple uniform. Yeah. So the Panthers still don't get a nod? for you if, if the Redskins retire. I mean, your friends. That's option. That's an option. Panthers. Okay. I probably would do that. I probably would become a Panthers fan if the Redskins went away. And you and Tyler could have season tickets and y'all would go to games and sit next to each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would it, I would pour my heart and soul into becoming a Panthers fan. So and only to know more than Tyler, so that I could win every argument. Because there would be nothing but arguments, and I'd want to win them. I'm going to tell you something. Tyler, I think, would give you a run for your money. He knows yeah. his stuff now. He'll study it up. Yeah. I read online that um, some fan named their child after a combination of Cam Newton and Luke Keekley, and I thought, I didn't know that Tyler had, <laughs> had a kid. <laughs> I didn't know Tyler had a kid. <laughs> oh, man. Or Tyler's, Tyler sitting, takes Tyler's pounding his fist on the desk somewhere. It, oh, that was my idea. <laughs> In Old Mecklenburg Brewery, as yes. a matter of fact. That's where he's at. Cam Keekly gone. Cam <laughs> Keekly. Uh, All right, what's next? So I'm going to slaughter this one, but Blayanka 10. Blaniac. Blaniac, whatever. See, I told Blayanka. you. Blayanka. This is Blaney's alter ego account. Blaney. Blaniac 10. Okay. I don't know. Yours is better than Blayanka. <laughs> what do you think you It probably is because it's not many people know. Blaney's grandfather's number is 10. Is that it? Yeah, yeah it is. Blaney He's 10. actually even has a tattoo. With it yeah, so it. this is definitely Blaney's alter, alter ego. It totally is. But it's yeah. got an eye, so that's why I was thinking it was Was Blaney, uh, did I see a tweet that Blaney was on American Ninja yeah, Warrior, him and Warrior Ricky. last night? Yeah. yeah, him and Ricky. How'd it go? Ricky I didn't watch it. it but I heard Ricky won. Ricky topped all the cup, all the racers. He should. Okay. He does that stuff with Danica all the time. So. I know. Danica yeah. would them both in that. Yeah, she would. Okay, anyway, that person asks, what do you think your dad would have thought of the social media explosion? How <laughs> would he have used it to interact with fans, if at all? Not at all. Yeah. He, um... <laughs> uh, In fact, I'd go so far as to say social media actually wouldn't exist. He would have something to say about that, too. Yeah. It, certainly NASCAR wouldn't be all involved in it. Yeah. I, um, I remember when I was trying to get my first desktop computer... And he thought that I was wasting a bunch of time with that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you I wasted was, a bunch of time. Let's just be, for well, the yeah. record, there was a lot of time wasted. They just came out with this racing, this game called uh, NASCAR Racing by Papyrus. And there was nothing like it. <laughs> and so I had, uh, I didn't have any credit. So I couldn't put, I couldn't get a, a line of credit to go buy this desktop. So Kelly went with me to Best Buy and put it on her credit. And I paid her. Um, it was like $500 uh, to get this desktop. And Dad was like, what? That's a waste of time. Computers. And, and did you like, but Dad, look, it's just like the real racing. He never came over to see it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but he hated he hated computers, laptop, any kind of computer. He didn't like it. Um, he didn't know how to turn one on, didn't know why you would need one, why you would use one, what email was, none of that stuff. So uh, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't remember him being very um, handsy with his phone. I mean, nobody really was back then, but... Wait, wait, handsy with his phone? There wouldn't have been phones, yeah, cell phones. there were flip phones. And, there were flip yeah. phones? Okay. But, uh, he had uh, the the big bag phone in all his cars. What is that? A satellite phone. Really? Yeah. In his cars? Yeah. Wow, I mean, that's like Knight Rider stuff back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> Close. Yeah. All right. So he was kind of techie. He was techie for sure. Yeah. But he hated, uh, I don't know, he thought computers were like uh, the devil or. or <laughs> what if it had been a deer hunting game? Think you got, got on with that? I don't know. Man. See? There, he would not I, have gotten on with that. He'd have been like, why would you want to do that when you can do the real thing? <laughs> do the real thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he would hate social media. If you followed Dale Earnhardt on social media, it'd be kind of the same thing as 
Um, it would just be a lot of sponsor-driven tweets, very corporate, hashtagged all to hell. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of giveaways, autograph hats, con- a lot of little, a lot of, con- you know, a lot of win this, win that. Be the first one, be the tenth to retweet. All those. Not an original thought anywhere. Not in those one. <laughs> not even a good old swift inspirational quote <laughs> would preach would breach Dale Earnhardt's timeline. Oh boy, but if Swift would have come with a real good one though, you never know what turned the intimidator. <laughs> he wouldn't even. The intimidator would have been the motivator. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness! It, oh, Dad's man. would have been one of them annoying ones that just retweets everything. That, you see those people? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They just retweet everything. everything. They, I like that retweet. Yeah. I like that retweet. They never say anything or never comment. Yeah. Wow. Yep. All on right. That, on that topic, That's a good... somebody asks, "What would your dad's bio on Twitter read?" <laughs> Big, like a hundred, fifteen. It'd be like twenty-five letters that spelled out Earnhardt, and, and a bunch of exclamation points. Oh man, you know what would be if we're if we're sitting here in this fantasy land of Dale Earnhardt on Twitter. If Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt are on Twitter together, they would probably antagonize each other, don't they? Yeah. Well, they a always, little bit. Yeah, they always did. Yeah. Um, so if Rusty was on Twitter. And all of a sudden, Rusty started having more fans or selling more stuff or something. It would have to totally get into the competition with each other. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Good question. All right, Joseph Lafave Lafave <laughs> asks, "How come all the numbers for junior motorsports are leaning backwards and not forward like the '88 and the late models?" Um. Wow. Have we noticed this? I what's that? What's that again? He said, how come all the numbers for junior motorsports are leaning backwards and yep. not forwards like the 88 oh, yeah. That's true. and well, the late models? Okay. If you look at the numbers, they actually lean forward on one side and lean backward on the other side. But on the TV side. So yeah. it, it's, it's probably leaning backwards on the, on the outside, right? Right. One side, I was to somebody look looking there. <laughs> no, I've seen this. I was noticing this. So, yeah. So with my with my dad always said that numbers should lean forward. You lean forward when you run, right? And that was his analogy. He would say, "How do you lean when you run? You don't lean back. You lean forward." And and he would have communicated that in a GIF. Yeah, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, a running man. Yeah, <laughs> he would have retweeted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always had my numbers leaning forward. A couple of years ago at H at Hendrick, they tried to swap them numbers on me, uh, and they tried to they tried to uh, make the numbers kind of be the same position on all sides of the car, no matter which way you were looking at it. Which is how we have it at Junior Motorsports. So on one side of the car, the numbers would be leaning forward. On the other side of the car, it's leaning back. Um, and that's a brand consistent thing. That's where uh, you know companies worry about branding. And imagery and seeing the number on the car and on a post somewhere on an advertisement, they want that brand consistency so that the number's always leaning the same way. Uh, but I, I told uh, the guys at HMS, I said, I need them leaning forward on both sides. I just can't have the numbers leaning backwards on one side and forward on the other. It just doesn't look great. It doesn't look right, especially when there's two numbers. Now, if you got a single digit like five, six, seven, that – Eight. I mean, eight was the same way. Yeah, I mean, but dad, dad was in control of that at DEI okay. and would not allow his numbers to lean back. 
no matter what side. If you look at the Penzl car or Michael Waltrip's car, they all lean forward both sides. Okay. They lean toward the front of the car. That's just personal preference. I don't. Uh, so how did it end with the Hendrick conversation? Did they? They changed it back. They changed it. The I way went you into wanted. the shop. With that, I went into the shop and saw my numbers leaning the wrong way. I called. A, I called one of the men at the top. <laughs> I said, "This shit's got to change. Urgent." And man, sound the alarms. And, and the man at the top. And the, the man. This is not Rick. This is uh. One oh, of the, it wasn't Rick. No, it wasn't. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, Rick, we got a massive problem. Come, come, come wherever you're at." But but Hendrick knows that any type of massive problem, they usually can assume that it's about the race car, the way the race car looks. That has been consistently your biggest sure. problems that you complain about. At the, I'm particular about how you are. my car looks. Yeah. yeah. So we changed it real quick. And, boy, did we – that was close. Did it I had not went in there and looked at it, we'd have went to Daytona like that because they put the clear coat on the car and you can't get the numbers off then because they're under the paint. Whew. Oh. Close Crisis off. averted. So the, yes. So we, I think and the we question run better. Is, we run better. I think the question <laughs> is, is how did the ones at Junior Motorsports get like they are? Because that goes against my father and my my own preference. Yeah. So that's a good question. Maybe for Kelly? Yeah. Donnie. Well, no. Donnie. <laughs> Do, Donnie. We'll get Donnie in here and answer those questions. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, let's, we'll do a two-parter on this one. Yep. We'll follow back up. There'll be a sequel to that question. Already. Does anybody have a question out in the uh, audience? we got a couple. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in to these guys right here. All right. What's your name, pal? Brian Scarberry. Brian Scarberry. Where are you from? Uh, originally Kentucky. Okay. I live in Cleveland now. So yeah. Brian's got a question for Dale. If you could pick any paint scheme anyone in the history of NASCAR has ever ran, to run at Darlington, what would you run? Um, Ooh, good question. Bro. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, a paint scheme that I would like to run would be um, my dad, my dad, my grandfather uh, Robert G. had a dirt car that ran at Metroline in the seventies. They took it to the Snowball Derby and and all over the all over the country, really. Um, and it was orange and white, and it had a blue 17 on it. And my dad drove that car, won a lot of races with it. There's some pictures online with it. Uh, Darrell Waltrip drove the car a lot. Some other uh, prominent short track drivers from around this area, uh, Billy Scott and a couple other guys ran the car. Uh, Darrell actually took that scheme into the Cup Series when he first started racing in a Cup Series in the mid-'70s. Uh, again, it had orange sides and a white top and uh light blue numbers uh we actually did a uh design uh like that when truex was racing for chance too i remember that yeah so i would like to run that one time i think uh stenhouse ran it last year at darlington yep a version of his you know their their sort of rendition of that uh but i thought that i've always that's always been one of my favorites I uh, think it's a beautiful combination. One of my favorite colors is orange, and uh, so that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Can I ask one more question? Sure, go right ahead. Uh, it's not about racing. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Mark Hollingsworth. Uh, he got you to sign an AC Delco sheet metal piece yep. uh, earlier this year. Can you put on, tell him on this podcast that you like the Kentucky Wildcats basketball? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty Wait, what what does that have to do with anything? Because he's a hardcore tar, tar okay. Heel fan. Oh, so you're just saying right, I was wondering what the AC Delco sheet metal had to do. All right. It's a friend. You're, of just, mine. you're just giving us some context. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So you 
And by Does the he way, have to like Kentucky? I mean, like, or well, can I, he tell the he, truth here? I, he has said this on air yeah. before that he, he did like Kentucky. I do. Well, what has happened is is that Amy has asked for a fair, even trade okay. to, for me to be a Kentucky Wildcat fan on the hard court. Okay. And she will be a Redskins fan in the NFL. And so for her, for her to be able to – I need her to go to the game. For your marriage to work, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Got, you have to compromise, and that's right. fair. That's one of them. So I'm a Wildcat, I'm yeah. a Wildcat fan first and foremost on the hard court from here on. There you go. Starting this year. All right. Yes. Do, do, awesome. Will Mark be happy about that? No, he won't. Oh, he won't. <laughs> but oh, I will. You're being a good friend. I got you. I got you. Okay. By the way, the AC Delco piece, we gave it back to Sam Bass. Oh, really? Yes. Very nice. It's down there. It is, awesome I took deal. it uh, the Monday after you signed it. That's badass. Thank you, Brian. Good deal, man. Thanks for coming you. on. Thank you. All right. We got one more coming We got up. one more. Let's, let's go right here. What's up? What's your name? Joshua Gordon from Concord, North Carolina. Awesome. Right on. Hey, look for Tyler over there. He's vacationing over in Concord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question is, the rumor has it that for race fans only is coming back to Mooresville for a one-time show. Will that be here or will that be at 30 Mo Acres? <laughs> Hold on, Josh. Let me think on this one. Okay. Here's what we can say about that. Yeah. Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's coming back. It's not here. It's going to be at the uh, at the Exalta um, CEC uh, at Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, that's Exalta, what's going to happen. That new building that they built over at Hendrick Motorsports for Exalta. Yes, sir. That's where they're going to have it. So it's you, in, in the air. You've been over to HMS. Yes, sir. So they got this uh, Exalta built this brand new complex, and basically it's a place for Exalta to bring all their painters from all over the country, the people that they supply paint to, to help them understand how to mix and use the paint it's a great facility it's a great it was rick and exalta built it together to strengthen the partnership obviously between exalta and the race team uh, so exalta is forever going to have this sort of home yeah you know footprint yeah if you will uh but that's where we're going to do it and we'll come out with information on when exactly that's going to happen but that's uh that that will happen over there this okay. year Yep, and is that open to the fans, or is it like a? I'm sure there'll be a. I'm sure, sure will there'll be. be a fan element to it. That'll, yeah, that'll they'll be. They'll want a probably they'll want a live audience so, for that. I guess we should just say for what in case people don't know, for race fans only is a show on QVC. Yeah. Right. And uh, we used to do them all the time. We yeah. used to do several a year, and we do them in Daytona over here and everything. And so, um, it's you know where we would. Uh, talk about a lot of the merchandise and they would sell you know keep what qvc does it's a it's tv shopping network so that's what he's talking about when he says for race fans only. i don't know is for race fans only still a show okay so it's not a show so it's not going to be the it's show probably but, it, but it'll be a, a qvc thing from what we've heard it's a one-time deal yeah and it's only for his retirement and his appreciation tour yeah and that's what they brought it back for okay is yeah. because of dale himself yeah, they're not lying and i can't blame him yeah. So, uh, there you go. Good question, Brian. All right. Do we want to take one more? I, I feel like we need one more. Does anybody else have anything? Make your way around, bud. And Aunt Kathy, here's what I'd like to do. Let's let's hook these three gentlemen up with uh, some appreciation shirts or hats. So they they can choose, not both. Uh, Dale's going to buy that for them, right? Yep. Sounds good. Uh, but, Appreciate you, man. With some uh, appreciation shirts. Oh, he's I'll bringing in some there. friends. Thank you, man. Brian. Thank you. What's up, bud? Do you have the question or do you? Who, who's asking? Dad's asking. Come on in, Dad. All right. Who we got? Danny Hobbs. Danny Hobbs, and who's your friend here? It's the main man, Mason. Mason. What's <laughs> up, Mason? How's Mason? Good. 
10. It's good to have you, Mason. All right, what y'all got? What track that's left on the schedule would it mean the most to win at? Probably Talladega. Oh. Yeah. I think um, considering all the success that we've had there and and uh, just one more one more win, one more plate win, that'd be awesome. Uh, we got a lot of fans that come out to that racetrack and uh, support us. Love to see us race there and so be able to go out on top at Talladega would be awesome. What about yeah. Darlington? Darlington would mean a lot to me personally because um, my dad won a lot of races there. It's known as a driver's track, so if you get around that place and get a win, it, the driver seems to be credited a lot more with making things happen there than maybe at other racetracks. You've got to have a good car, but that's a driver's track where the driver makes a huge difference. Um, so if you get if you win there, uh, it's a personal you know satisfaction that you get. It's uh, plus the his- history of the track is yeah. one of the you know one of the most historic racetracks uh, that we go to, and it's just really really hard to get around, you know. And I think when when it's really hard to impress your peers. Uh, there's not a lot of things that drivers in the sport do that impress where we impress each other. But anybody that wins at uh, Darlington, you kind of walk out of there going, you know, he 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 got the job done tonight. So I'd like to be that guy. There you go. Well, not to put any pressure on you, but I think we all want to see a Homestead win. Oh, Homestead win. all right. <laughs> no pressure. He spoke about the pressure this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> There's your little more. That'd be nice. <laughs> that yep. would be nice. All right. What about Mason? You got anything? You got any questions? Throw a headset on Mason real quick. I want to ask him questions. What's up, Mason? Can we hear you all right? Let's see. Do a test. Check. check. He knows how to do this. So you're 10 years old? I'm 12. Oh, you're 12. I'm sorry I got that wrong. So you're 12. All right, who's your favorite driver? Dale Jr. Who's your least favorite driver? Who do you not like? Kyle Busch. Oh, look at him. Everybody (laughs) does like Kyle Busch. Well, you know, Junior's all about motivation today. What can you tell him to motivate him? Win all the races. There you go. Win all the races. like it. There's your swift motivational moment of the day. Very simple direction. Yeah, win all the races. Right on. Uh, are you going to go to any races? Bristol. You're going are to you? Bristol? Man, you'll love it. We went to Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, oh we were did. you at Kentucky? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And did you go, Mason? Mm-hmm. All right. What'd you think? It was great. It was it good? You liked it? Mm-hmm. All right. Where'd you guys sit? Um, right across from the pit stop. Oh, okay. I'm frustrated. We just passed the flag stand. That pit stall that Dale Jr. didn't make it to because of the communication problems that one, yeah, that that one, one time. Yeah, that one time. Well, cool. Mason, thank you for coming, buddy. It's good to meet you. Yes, sir. So, scheduled this week. Today, we have the typical HMS team meetings. I'm also doing a documentary interview on Joe Gibbs. That's why we have on the Redskins. Oh, look at you. The matching shoes. And the matching shoes. These are badass shoes. Uh, we're taping a spot for JRM 360, using this opportunity to promote uh, the Win Dale Juniors Ride promotion. So, yep. you go to WinDaleJuniorsRide.com, you can buy twenty-five dollar raffle tif- raffle tickets. That's right, right, to, for an opportunity to win this car. A lot of people that have won this car have only bought one ticket. So, I mean, it's not like you need to buy ten for a chance to win. Because there's um, a limited number of tickets. We're not, you know, there's a limited number of tickets. So there's ten thousand. There's only ten thousand eight hundred eighty-eight tickets. Right. And it ends September 29th. We've sold this thing out way ahead of time every year. Yep. That's a 2017 Corvette Grand Sport Coupe with a 3LT and a Heritage Package. I've drove this car around. Me and Amy's taking it on a few dates. Um, it's sitting over in my garage right now. You can have this car. 
Uh, all you got to do is go buy that ticket at WendellJuniorsRide.com. Wednesday, I have a dentist appointment. Possible. Uh-oh. I got a crown. I'm getting a crown. Possible root canal. Ooh, really? It's possible. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 42. Oh, so yeah. when you hit 42, it's root canal yeah. time? Well, I, I beat that one already. Yeah. Well, I, this will be my second root canal. Um, I got one 10 or 15 years ago. I don't. My dentist is like, hey, man, it's not going to be a root canal. So me and him have a $10 bet. I'm betting that it is a root canal. He's betting that it's probably not a root canal. Okay. I got a cool-ass dentist. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting there wagering stuff with him. Yeah. Uh, all right, so good um, luck Good luck on that. Yeah. Thursday, we're in the simulator early in the morning for New Hampshire. Uh, that'll be from 7.30 to 10.30 to give you an idea how long we're in the simulator or how, this week. Or how early you're going to be yeah. in the simulator, 7.30. Don't uh, they have afternoon times that you could do? I know, but I don't want to mess up the whole day splitting it in half with simulator work. Oh, so that, is that there. your choice to get there that I early? I can get in there early and get done, then I got the rest of the day. Okay. We got production work for the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour later that day. We're also doing another little piece we can't talk about, I suppose, right? Because it's not on here. That's right. We're doing a little TV show. Um, So we'll talk about that when we had the opportunity to talk about that. But the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour production work we're doing is a series of videos for each of the racetracks to use. Mm Mm-hmm which uh, you may have seen a few of those already. We've had a couple already. We put them out every week. We're not going to have one for New Hampshire because this is not the last time you're visiting Loudoun. But they're going to be every week. We put out Daytona, Kentucky. Big responses to them. Uh, So, you know. Friday, obviously, we're headed to the racetrack. We're in the Nationwide paint scheme this weekend. A lot of folks ask me during the week what paint scheme we're running nationwide. Uh, So wear your blue and white colors. Didn't even get a chance to race there last year, so I'm looking forward to going. We missed both races. Yep. Um, we got some pretty decent uh, statistics, but no wins. Be great to get one. Not too early for that. Nope. You got it. So I think that's the show. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Natalie. Jordan, appreciate you. Appreciate all these fans for showing up. How many do you think we got out there today? I think uh, and, we got and Kathy, what did you say, more than 50? It's got to be 75. Oh, yeah. 50 a couple weeks ago. I'll put it this way. As many as our little store can hold... I would say that's a. Oh, she says one, 108? 108? 108 wow. of you in here. Wow. That's got to break a fire code. It does. <laughs> Is that a record? <laughs> yeah, that's a record. Thank you guys for being here. Yep. We really appreciate it. I know it's a, it's a commitment to come here, and it's also a little bit of a gamble because you never can be sure if we're actually taping on Tuesday mornings. We try to give you guys an, uh, you know a heads up, but um, I know that's a bit of a gamble. Thank you for being here. It means a lot. Did we wrap up the show already? That's the show, man. That's the show. Thanks for uh, tuning in. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 